Hello and welcome to Happy Humans. If you're in the United States, you've just enjoyed the Memorial Day weekend. I hope you had a great weekend. My name's Ryan. Today, we're talking about personality tests. The dark side of personality tests. Now, I'm not talking about those three to six question quizzes that you might do on Facebook or LinkedIn that tells you which one of the Avengers you are most like or which nationality you most resonate with or anything like that. We're talking about personality tests that are used in business, schools, uh, even with psychiatric professionals, uh, such as the Myers-Briggs test, the DISC assessment, and so on. Now, uh, these tests categorize people as belonging to a certain group, and they have a use. Just like the right tool is used for the right thing, personality tests can be very helpful, but they don't really drive you forward unless you do the right thing. And they can even have a negative impact, not only on how you deal with yourself, but how you see other people. And that dark side can be quite limiting. It can hold people back. So this is what we want to avoid. To start off with, let's talk about the positive side. How are these things used in a positive way? There are more than 20,000 or so words that describe personality or personality traits. And knowing these can help us understand how people think. Uh, it can explain people's behaviors. And that can be very useful to us. It, it's almost a way to gain vocabulary. These personality tests essentially take all these descriptions and boil them down to just a few categories, a few things that we can very easily grasp in our mind and that we can use to, uh, in conversation to describe exactly how we are, how we think, how we feel. Think about when you were a, a small child right? You had a limited understanding of the world around you. So someone might ask you a question like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you'll say, oh, I want to be a fireman, or I want to be a nurse, or I want to be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. You list off those things that are understood to you, that are common to you. A young child doesn't have any idea what a geophysicist does. Right? So they're not likely to pick that as a future occupation. And if you ask a child, well, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why, how do you feel? How do children respond? They'll say, say things like, well, it felt good, or I like the way this tastes, or I don't know. Right? And that comes from a, a lack of ability, a lack of vocabulary, a lack of a means of describing what's going on inside. And our language drives how we behave. The language we use uh, is used in our imagination and how we conceptualize things. We, we craft new thoughts based on how new information we receive connects to old information that we already have. So if you're a young person who's never done a personality test or, or even an adult who's never looked at your own personality, doing the, the Myers-Briggs or a DISC assessment or another one of the myriad of tests out there, what that can do is it can give you a way of describing how you're thinking. You might not have realized that you have a penchant for being creative, uh, that the way you view time might be a little bit different to the way other people. 
It might be some behaviors that you do or don't like about yourself that now, after having done a personality assessment, you've been given some focused and some vocabulary that lets you kind of describe what's going on. So that can be helpful, right? If you now have a way to talk about something, that can be very helpful, not just in, in understanding yourself, but also in perhaps seeing behaviors in other people and coming to some conclusions about what might be going on in their head and how their personality relates to their behavior. That can be very helpful because otherwise, uh, without that vocabulary and without that, that focus, we're, we're starting from scratch. And that can be difficult for some people to express what motivates them and what's going on in their head. Unfortunately, many personality tests aren't as accurate as we think. A person might take the Myers-Briggs assessment uh, multiple times and have slightly different results. And that's because many people uh, fit in a different area on a spectrum of personality. There are five major traits that have been shown to be fairly accurate uh, to in determining how uh, someone's personality is. They're called the big five, and they include things like how extroverted somebody is, how open to new experience somebody is, how conscientious they are, or how emotionally stable they are, and that's a, uh, an area called neuroticism, right? But nobody fits in exactly the same spot across all those dimensions as everybody else. And contrary to what you might think, many parts of our personality can change over time. For a test to be considered accurate, it needs to be valid and reliable. It needs to be testing exactly what you're setting out to test, and it needs to give the same results for the same person uh, if that test is done over multiple times. And, and that's just not the case for most personality tests that we take. And that includes uh, tests that uh, look at our strengths, like uh, the Strength Finder that's used by the Gallup organization. In fact, if you take a personality test and you feel that, well, it's about 80% accurate, then the way you feel is probably how you would feel if you read something about your astrological sign. As far as personality tests that look at your strengths, they can be helpful too because they frame parts of your behavior, parts of your personality as, as being strengths. They put a positive spin on it. And not just that, but uh, research has shown that when you use at least four of your strengths, so let's say that you're a connector, you really connect to people, or, or you are great at developing people and, and inspiring them, or you're great at maximizing productivity or, or bringing positivity to the table or any of those things that we might consider strengths. If you use four of them every day on your job, you're more likely to be satisfied and less likely to leave. But again, this is just a starting point, isn't it? Because if we stop there, then we never grow. We never make progress. And many of those uh, desires we have in life, our ambitions, where we want to be, what we want to do. You want to be some kind of leader, some, some kind of, of creative that is successful. You're going to need more than these four strengths. What can happen when we take a personality assessment is we connect what we read 
with who we are to such a degree that we're not just taking the positive, we're also taking the negative and we're saying, well, uh, this is just something I'm not good at. And we define ourselves as being good or bad at something. When many of the, the skills that we need, many of the behaviors that we need to demonstrate, we can actually work on. Regardless of our personality, if you want to be a super successful CEO or a leader, well, you're going to have to learn how to speak in front of people. You're going to have to learn how to persuade in conversation and to read other people in the moment so you can ask great questions to find out exactly who this person is. Right? We have to push ourselves. We can also fall into the trap where we want to know what other people's personality types are. And then the moment they give us the, the, the little category that they fit into, we think, ah, now I know what you're all about. And we take all of this information that's considered unique to that personality type and we feel, ah, I think I know you. I know exactly where you are, what you like, what you desire. No, you don't. Every person's different. And people's moods can affect their personalities on a daily basis. So asking the right questions, learning how to communicate, learning how to persuade, all of those skills are things that we need to do. We need to keep on doing. But what can happen is a personality test start to be something that we use to define ourselves and to define others. And that's very limiting and it can be very dangerous. I find it fascinating that you can often tell how much somebody is limiting him or herself based on how they describe the reasons behind why they do or don't do things, how they describe their behaviors. If someone asks, well, why did you do that? Or how come you don't do this? They say things like, well, I'm an INFJ, so, you know, that's what, what we do. Or it can even go to gender. Well, I'm a woman, so I'm going to do this. Or I'm a man, so this is what I tend to do. Or, no, I don't like that because I'm a Libra. Or <laughs> whatever it is, if we're using our, our classification in anything as a reason for why or why we don't do something, then we're limiting ourselves. Rather than focusing on what we need to get what we want, we're focusing on our belonging to a certain classification. So listen to other people in conversation. See if you can spot where this limitation is happening. And for sure, when you hear yourself do that, take a moment, pause for a second and think, is this true? What I'm saying? Is this really who I am? Is this something that I can change? Because if you're flexible, then the sky's the limit. So once you know what your strengths are, or at least you can define them, you probably already know what your strengths are. And you're, you're able to understand how your personality might differ from others. Uh, and it's nice to know that there are other people that think and feel along the same lines of you, as you do. I mean, this is a great starting point, but that's not the finish line. We can start from there. We start from an area of, of some self-knowledge understanding our skills and strengths. But the next step is rather than limit ourselves to the skill domains that are considered best for our, quote, personality type, we should think, well, where do I want to go from here? What's next? And what skills do I need to enhance? What knowledge do I need to get a hold of? Or what behaviors do I need to work on improving or changing 
so that I'm more aligned with where I'm going, where I want to be. That will make me more endearing to other people. That will allow me to help other people and to help myself as I move forward. These are the questions we should ask. And those are the the perfect kind of questions to ask yourself after you do a personality assessment. What happens next? Where do I go next? So I wish you the best as you move forward. And I look forward to us chatting again next week on the Happy Humans podcast. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you then. Oh, 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 oh,